Hello, everybody. My name is Michael Eisner, and this is your AS Natural Health Podcast. We got a great guy on the episode, Christopher Henderson. He's 37 years old. He was born in Durham, UK. He now lives in Queensland, Australia, in a city called Calandra. He studied to be a health coach at Functional Diagnostic Nutrition, and he grew up heavily involved in team sports, such as soccer. He is an advocate for environmental stewardship, and he also, like me, has an ankylosing spondylitis diagnosis. It's a real pleasure to have you on this show, Christopher. And uh, is it best to call you Chris or Christopher? Yeah, Chris is Chris is probably easier. <laughs> okay, right, I'll leave it at Chris. Uh, it's great to have you on this show, man. Um, we've talked a couple times, and uh, it's really great to be recording this. No, I, I appreciate you inviting me on. Um, I've been following you and a few others on Facebook the last year or so, and, and seeing your message and seeing your approach and yeah, really wanting to be involved. So, yeah, it's, it's a pleasure to come on. Awesome, awesome. Well, um, let's, uh, let's hear some more about you. When did your symptoms begin? Um, my symptoms began when I was 30. I just turned 30, just after my 30th birthday. Um, I'd been playing a lot of uh, physical sport, a lot of tennis, um, playing a lot like three or four times a week, and I woke up, uh, one morning to go to work, I couldn't get out. Of, couldn't get out of bed. My hip had just basically collapsed. Um, had a lot of inflammation there, and just uh, yeah, didn't know what it was. So I went to work with this bad hip, thinking maybe I'd sprained it, or maybe I'd injured it playing tennis the night before. When were you diagnosed? How old were you when you were diagnosed? Yeah, I was diagnosed probably a couple of months after that. I'd undertaken probably about six or seven weeks worth of physio hadn't worked and then I went back to my GP and he ran the HLA B27 uh, gene marker on me which was positive wow. so he sort of put two and two wow. together and then sent me off to the rheumatologist so not very long after feeling the hip was was sort of the diagnosis made which I now now know is quite uncommon people go through a, a number of years trying to get that diagnosis but just don't get it for one reason or the other yeah, absolutely. That's a really short amount of time. Most people I talk to, it's years. Um, for me, it was seven years, I think, something like that. Yeah, I can't comprehend that. That that must be so, yeah, just mind, yeah, so frustrating. Well, I mean, same time, it's kind of interesting to hear what your reaction was because a lot of people that I talk to, their reaction is a bit of they're happy or it's good to know what it was, but you know, then it's kind of harsh to hear what it is. So, what was your reaction? My reaction was probably, yeah, I wasn't. It wasn't that elation. It was actually. There's a bit more of a backstory with the health. I had Crohn's disease, which is inflammatory bowel disease, which is another autoimmune condition that I um, was diagnosed with when I was 18, and then I um, had surgery for that when I was 21. And then really had a clear sort of 10-year run with health apart from um, having some vaccinations and having some really bad responses to those. So for me, it was really a kick in the guts because, well, pardon the pun, um, because, you know, going through all the Crohn's issue, you know, and fighting that and, and, and having that really change my life, um, I couldn't believe this, this thing came out of nowhere, you wow. know what I mean? Um, so it, was, it really hit me like a, a shock and, as you know, a, quite a, a big trauma. Yeah, you thought you were over one thing and then you find out that you got something else to deal with. 
Yeah, exactly. That's linked to the first thing, which you ne- no one told you about. <laughs> and um, what what symptoms are you feeling right now, or do you, or these days, or do you have any? Yeah, mainly for me, I have a bit of um, uh, fusion in my neck, so I, ha- I have some issue there. But so you, um, you actually, your neck is fused. Yeah, I have I have a little bit of fusion there. Otherwise, um, yeah, there's not not. That this actually to digress. When I was first diagnosed, and they actually did X-rays on my hips, um, I had like grade three sacroiliitis, which is quite advanced, and I and I didn't know about it. This is the thing: I was functioning normally, playing sport, playing uh, all my activities without actually knowing the level of what was going on underneath. Wow, you felt no pain. No, no pain. So, but that level grade three is quite advanced. That's something that would happen way down the track, like a decade or so down the track, of actually having a diagnosis or having an understanding that you have that pathology going on. So, yeah, I do have a little bit of dysfunction in the neck, but I'm working with different modalities, chiropractic and things of that nature, to to look at reversing some of that stuff. Okay. And what about pain? Um, yeah, still a little bit. Maybe not pain, but maybe it's just stiffness. I, I think when you do have um, a level of damage or you maybe lose the curve in some of your, your spine or your neck, then the body will the um, you know just try and uh, protect you, you know, so you get a bit of stiffness in that area. The, the muscles will protect that area. So I do have a little bit of that going on. But other than that, I, I try and keep as active as I can and um, do as much as I can physically. Um, you, you never want to just rest on that and leave that go where where are you now and um how have you found this level of relief or how did things not get worse for you or did they get worse sure um when after i was diagnosed um it was quite a traumatic time it actually it started in the hip it just went everywhere it went bang 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 like all this inflammation all over the body from shoulders to everywhere basically and it, it really forced me out of work and put me basically in bed and I, I couldn't see a way out of that so that really really pushed me back so I, I realized the the drugs and the medications are quite powerful and sometimes have a lot of serious side effects so I needed to look down different avenues and I think like yourself hearing your story um, I went to look at naturopathic options and chiropractic options so just to be just to be clear you did um, medication right away I, I never looked at the biologics. Sorry, I will retract. Um, I I was on non-steroidal inflammatories for about a month, but again, like yourself, suffered a lot of stomach issues with those, and I knew that would not be a long-term um, option because uh, it was about a month that I started to, you know, feel like I was vomiting. I, I couldn't um, keep food down, so I actually went to a fairly large health retreat. That's quite well known. Very known around the world in uh, Noosa, which is about an hour from where I live. What's it called? Uh, it's called Living Valley Springs, and they sort of integrate a lot of naturopathic care, uh, a lot of other integrative health uh, practitioners all under the one roof. So I went there for 10 days, and that helped me reset away from uh, the, the drugs in particular and sort of put me on a path to uh, sort of open up that um, alternative world that I needed to, I knew I needed to go in a bit more deeper. Right. So you knew right away that that's something that interests you. 
Yeah, for sure. I'd obviously dabbled in that prior with my Crohn's, um, but I just knew that I wasn't willing, no, my intu- intuition or, you know, my understanding and looking into these drugs, I, I just felt knowing my previous health history and what I'd reacted to in the past, it would be very, very serious for me to actually look at those those biological medications. And I had some family in a pretty close line to me that I'd used them and, and had some really uh, serious consequences um, with their health. What were, what were your regimes? What, what, how did you find relief? How did you get out of your whole body being inflamed? Yeah, so I looked at um, a lot of different dietary aspects. Um, I think what happened is, you know, I'm pretty intense in how I, I look at things and research things. And I went full on into a few things with supplementation like turmeric and uh, different sort of anti-inflammatory med- um, supplements. And, you know, dietary-wise, you know, cutting out the starch, et cetera, et cetera. But I think what happened is that made me um, more sort of uh, worried about the condition because you you have to devote your life to like this very stringent regime. And I think actually that was doing me uh, worse, wasn't doing any any favours. So when I sort of slackened off my approach and opened my mind to, hey, more a more open look at dietary and, and maybe supplementation that I sort of calmed down and I was able to yeah probably reduce the condition or that or what was going on because it was just stressing me out so on one hand I was looking into you know stringent regimes but once I sort of took pedal off the gas and gave myself a bit of freedom and flexibility I probably uh, the inflammation came down a bit if you know what I'm talking Interesting. Did you discover that on your own or did someone suggest that to you? Yeah, it's sort of interesting. Um, my brother was seeing a dietitian with his wife and uh, especially with Crohn's disease, um, they, they actually class Crohn's diseases and you can, have, you can develop eating disorders with Crohn's because you become so worried about the types of food that you're eating that you can cause more stress. So I went to see a dietitian and they actually showed me, they said, look, when you're putting a plate of food together, you know, make sure you get an, uh, enough macronutrients, enough fats, enough as many colors on the plate as possible. And that sort of really sparked in my mind that I was just becoming way too narrow. And that really just that one sort of consultation um, sort of drove home to me that I needed to expand more every time I was making food was to uh, create and put so mu- as much diversity as I possibly be could, could on my plate and that really opened it up for me wow okay that's really interesting that's similar to what I did I started seeing a nutritionist about two years ago and she told me the same thing like you need to eat full balanced meals and after I started doing that I think I gained about 10 pounds within uh, I don't know a couple like maybe three or four months so anyway similar to you um, what happened after that um, after that, I felt like I was getting on an even keel, and I'd, I worked in the insurance industry for a number of years, and I, I just felt that my life was going in another direction. I, I couldn't necessarily work in that stressful environment. I was becoming more aware of that, you know, this just was not going to work out. So that's when I start to look at um, the health training. And did you say that because you, you were feeling that that was a stressful environment for you to be in and that was affecting your health and you were more interested in 
doing things that didn't cause stress? Was that a part of it? Yeah, I think initially it was because of the the AS flare-up or the initial diagnosis. Um, it came on so quickly and affected me so uh, uh, quickly that um, I needed to segue out of the, the work was full-time, you know, really full-on work uh, or mental or in-office work. And I, I was trying to balance with them how I could actually, you know, maybe reduce some hours while I looked after myself and got better. And it just didn't work out. And I thought, well, this is never going to work out, getting you know stuck in this environment. And that just brought some more awareness that that wasn't the environment that suited me. Um, and that's where I had to recalibrate and look at what I was going to do next. How many years into your condition was this? That was probably three years in, two or three years in, I would, would say. Um, and then, yeah, I looked, I looked to do, uh, I thought, well, you know, if I want to look at health, health in a in a broader way, I should go and study university. Look at maybe naturopathy, but I thought, well, you know, there's a lot of um, people uh, practicing that. You know, if I just go and do that degree, then what difference am I in relation to what someone else is doing? There's not much difference. And then I came across a, a functional um, functional health course from the states that really looked into uh, using functional lab testing to look at the underlying things that are going on. So looking at stool testing, looking at liver, hormone testing, um, seeing what, what's going on functionally to actually you know, see what needed to be uh, focused on as opposed to symptoms. So I did that and, and studied that for a couple of years and I've been um, practicing that for all, yeah, a couple, almost a couple of years now. So. Has your health been pretty much the same since then, or did anything else change? No, I've, I have improved um, quite a bit, and I, I think it's just about my, mindset's a huge thing, and I'll we'll probably talk about this a bit more, but just getting my mind in the right spot has allowed me to function at a high level, even though there might be some pain or dysfunction in the system, it's allowed me to actually you know, go out and achieve those things and, and, and set myself the goals and push myself physically through things that I wouldn't usually do if you just sort of dwell on the diagnosis, right, or maybe some of your dysfunction. So when did this come up for you and how did you discover that it was something to do with your mind? I think, I, I, I think because the reason why, you know, when things go wrong with the body, obviously the mind's affected and I felt like I dropped into a bit of a, a depressive situation and that I could feel. Um, and just, yeah, just intuitively knowing that I needed to switch out of that somehow. Um, I didn't know how at the time, but just making those different changes with diet and, and where I was living and my living circumstances and who I was living with and, you know... Those, those lifestyle things really sort of changed. You know, the mindset was then a um, result of those little changes. And um, did you study anyone or did you read any books? Yeah, I've come across a, uh, another practitioner who was a, a pain management practitioner and a big part of his um, philosophy was, uh, you know, emotional the emotional side of things, and he uh, set me on a track to look at Bruce Lipton's work. You know, I think it's Biology of Belief. Yeah. So, 
And some of the other studies and, and doctors that I'm coming into um, contact with with my functional lab testing work, um, they talk about a big aspect is, you know, emotion, like on the cell, at a cellular level, how emotions can be as um, effective on the cell than, you know, toxicity or nu- nutrition. Um, so it has a very equal weighting. So I've just started to look at that the last six months. Um, looked into a, a guy called, I think, Bradley Nelson, the emotion code, um, cl- how to clearing emotions. Um, so this is sort of last six months gained a bigger interest to me because at first I was looking at functional lab testing and all these markers, all the very objective bits of data that you can change, diet. But I've come to realize that this aspect of um, you know, the mind and the emotions are really is equally as weighted when you're putting everything together. So this is a new discovery for you in the last, last six months, you said? Yeah, last six months to, to 12 months. Like I've, I've probably come across some of the guys that you've been in contact with and maybe had a little bit of res- resistance to begin well, with. Tell me about that. And who did you come across? Uh, Sky Denton, I think, initially. Um, Ralph, um, I, I can't pronounce his last name, but I saw these guys. Ralph Ruiz. Look, yeah. Ruiz, yeah, putting stuff on Facebook. And I think maybe the resistance came from the fact that when it's almost like, you know, when you study or when you're in an educational institution and you get taught a certain way, you then take that on as an identity and you're practicing it and that becomes part of you. And then when that's questioned, you sort of have a barrier, you know, your defenses are up. Hey, you know, because you've integrated it as part of you. Um, but, you know, doing more, uh, coming across more functional medicine doctors who actually, you know, are teaching and, and looking into the fact that the emotions and the mind have just as equal weighting and, you know, coming across those books and reading really allowed me to sort of dis- disassociate from maybe what I was taught, you know, in my courses. Uh, that That's just one thing. You don't have to attach yourself to it. It's not you, you know. It's not, you know, a lot of people in a professional um, setting, you know, what they do is them, you know, it, it, it is, is everything about them. And when they lose it, like they almost lose themselves. So I'm sort of learning to disconnect from maybe even some of the education and just open myself up to uh, tr- more truth, you know. You, you're talking about identity? Um, I'm just, yeah, I'm talking about as far as, you know, when I've studied and I've taken on that, that philosophy, you know, I've sort of reached the point where I realize, yes, that's one aspect whereas before I was like identifying myself with it you know what I mean I was, it, was, it was me I mean and that's a, a pretty closed off place I think um, I've been able to move through and have that yeah that that's there but there's also other aspects that are just as important to look at in the last 12 months physically what have you noticed um, changed like symptom wise um, I think after looking into this kind of stuff sure I, I think I've a, a still a ways to go in integrating it and having that physically physical um, reaction to it or the manifestation I think I'm just on the opening the book to that um, like I said I've been very concentrating on the supplements and the, the things I need to do day to day without actually I'm just I'm on the verge so I've sort of the book's open I just need to dive into it and then integrate it and use some of those strategies. So I guess that's where I'm at, if I'm totally 100% honest. 
that's it's I think it's such an exciting place to be exactly where you are because I think you, there's so much to look forward to and the fact that you're interested is have you trained with any of those guys uh, Ralph Sky Peter no not not yet but yeah I'm definitely open to it so as I um, open this up to myself um, and, and, pa- and part of it is not just for, my, for myself but also for the clients that I see um, now I'm integrating mm-hmm. all of those things into the questionnaires about trauma, emotion, you know, childhood stuff, um, really. And when you start to question along those lines, you just open up a huge can of worms. Um. <laughs> well, while, I mean, if you're comfortable, while we're on the topic of, of trauma, does that ring true for you personally? I mean, you know, only if you're comfortable with discussing that. No, sure. I think it's huge in hindsight when I look back. Um, some of my personal stuff, like, I was involved in a um, religious institution, probably a big deal, great, a great deal through my formative teenage years, all the way up to probably the age of 31, 32. So I'm 37 now. I've probably only been out of that for like four or five years. But I think those institutions or that institution really um, bound me up into a narrow way of thinking. And looking back now, I felt a lot of pain or even some of the symptoms that I've, I've um, experienced have been associated with that incongruency between you know how you want to live life and how you see life and also the, the very narrow way you're taught. And I think that's what I was saying a little bit before, what, what I've been taught and how I live now is a little bit different. So yeah, it's just the trauma in relation to coming out of that, disconnecting from that, knowing it wasn't really serving me. Um, I still had to go through a trauma of disconnection because it's still a community and I realise when you disconnect from community there's still that trauma so I've been able to work through that but yeah, when you talk about trauma and also getting back to ankylosing spondylitis I do believe that really closed off negative um, way of I was taught um, really played into uh, the diagnosis and if I can just touch on one thing that I've learned with the functional medicine doctors that I've trained with and information I've studied is even we're, we're talking really around AS as an autoimmune condition. Um, AS is just one of like, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds of autoimmune conditions and not one thing or other can trigger that. I know in your story, when I heard your backstory about, you know, when you got sick when you were a kid with a, with a salmonella poisoning, you were making antibodies to that. There's not just one thing, you know, and it's always the straw that broke the camel's back. And I can really identify for myself that was one or two emotional events that really tipped my bucket over, so to speak. So I'm very aware of trauma as far as how it relates to this. Was there any other emotional trauma that you experienced or or before, say, when you were 30, around that time where... Um, you started feeling that pain in your hip when you were really physically active. Is there anything? Yeah, and I, I think, yeah, I think looking back to that, there's, there's a couple of things. Like I think I mentioned, um, I had some vaccine stress. I was going to um, go to Africa on a missions trip, and I got some vaccinations, and I got really sick within like five or ten minutes of getting those vaccinations, yeah. and that actually put me into an area of um, getting a lot of food sensitivities. So my diet became really narrow because of all these food sensitivities. So I maybe some a lot of 
nutritional deficiencies going on, which was one of you know one stressor, and then probably around during that time, I had a bit of maybe a relationship. I was pursuing a relationship that didn't work out, and it was really within the context of the church and uh, this particular church I was going to. You sort of had to marry within the church, right? You had to very hard to bring people into this like closed community. It was very difficult. So. I really believe some of those things that happened around about that time and maybe, you know, pushing my body with that sport. Um, it's just a conglomeration and the sport that broke the camel's back. I can really see yeah. that so clearly now. Yeah, I hear you. It, did you have any, were you, this is something I ask a lot of people because it seems to be common, but not always. Would you consider yourself to be like a nice guy? Yeah, sure, um, and I, and I think that was part of it too. Like overly nice, do everything to keep the peace. Um, not really be comfortable in situations of conflict, or you know, always feel like something bubbling up when something was on the edge, you know, and trying to push it away. That's probably my, if I could sum up, from from a kid to you know maybe just recently four or five years ago definitely that way um but with with what with the community groups i'm involved in now you mentioned the environmental stuff you have to work on a level with politicians and um politics within the group that you really have to push yourself beyond um those things even though you might still feel those you have to push push into those things and become more comfortable and i think like i was saying before by pushing into different areas and you know with relationships and living arrangements and groups you're involved in pushing yourself out just extending yourself you become more comfortable in um in those areas how did you deal with anger when you were younger was it something that you would experience and it it would go inward yeah for sure it would definitely it would be and i can actually probably verbalize the feeling that any emotion that i had I would feel, but then I'd push it down and it would feel like it would dissipate in my bones. So that's quite interesting when you come across it from spondylitis being an um, inflammatory um, condition of the ligaments and the joints. Yeah, I'd feel like I'd push it in and then it would dissipate into the body. That's sort of how, how I feel. So there's a good way of dealing with it, but maybe not so good in the long run. I know you're a way of dealing with things like... Uh, and I think, you know, coming back to childhood and family um, is a really um, crucial setting on how we process these things as kids. You know, if your family or your parents are a certain way, if they're open to communication or they're not open to communication, really sets the tone on how we deal with those things. Like we might be introverted, but if your parents have a, an open space for your communication, then you, you feel comfortable in, in expressing those things. And for me, the, that, neither of those things were were available. That's, um, I think, really valuable to at least be aware of. I, I feel like for me, it was huge when I became aware that I didn't know how to process or deal with um, powerful emotion. You know, it, like you, I'd get, I used to get angry and I didn't even know what it was, but I'd get quiet yeah. and my whole mood would change. And it would last for days. And I'd, and I'd think about the incident over and over and over and over and over. That's what happened to me. I, like, relive it with my imagination. Yeah. 
Wow. Very similar. I mean, I, I think I'm a little bit slightly different in the fact that maybe I'd let it, let it dissipate into me and then I could quickly move on. But that didn't mean that I'd processed it properly. <laughs> what about now? Do you have a, a regular exercise or movement routine? Is that something that you like to do? Yeah, sure. Um, I was a pretty avid golfer well during my time of being, you know, when I had full physical uh, capability as far as, um, you know, working, you know, in the insurance industry. And I'd go, after a full day's work, I'd go down and play golf. So what I try and do now, I've, I've never let that go. So I try and get out in the backyard every day, chip balls up and down, get to the golf course at least once a fortnight. Like really, I have a real passion for that too. So um, even though I can't, I don't play the basketball or the soccer, I really connect into that game. Um, it, it allows me some solitude. I, you know, If you've ever seen golf, you've probably seen it on television, but when you're there by yourself, it's just you and sort of nature and your mind. And it's almost, it's really calming. It's almost as calming as doing yoga for me, to tell you the truth. Yeah, so in relation to your question, I, I try and do a bit of that every day. I know it's so important, just even though it doesn't sound like a lot, you have to get up. You know, a lot of my work involves being in front of the computer, you know, analysing data, you know, doing reports. So I do, I'm very aware of the fact, you know, I have to get up. I have to do that to get away from that environment. Is there any books, pieces of solid advice that you would like to share? Yeah, I think... Um, the Emotion Code um, is probably the first book that I've, like I said, I'm just opening up this paradigm uh, that we're stepping into. But uh, the Emotion Code is a free resource. I think it's about 400 pages long, so it's it's a bit of nighttime reading. But that has really opened me up as far as understanding how the energy interaction with emotions, how you know we are energy, you know we are transferring it internally, externally all the time. So just maybe get people to look at something like that as a resource to begin to you know, read in their own time. I think it's important just to open yourself up to information. Be open. I mean, that's the first point of call. And I think you mentioned it there, just being aware. I think being aware is two-thirds of the, the, the victory, right? Um, if you're not aware, you're sort of behind the eight ball. So maybe a book like that. I think that's where I've started. And, and look, even look at those guys like Sky and Ralph on Facebook, and they've created a lot of content, obviously this podcast. There's a lot of content that Ralph's created on um, YouTube with his own journey. So, And tapping into other people's journeys, right? That's how we get inspiration. And I guess that's what we're doing this for. Um, that, would, that would be some of my main um, recommendations. That's awesome. That's great advice. Just two more questions uh, quickly. Um, what scares you? Um, in relation to the diagnosis? Or just Any, anything, yeah. brother, anything. What scares I think just stepping out, stepping out beyond the comfort zone, you know, knowing you have to step out, but actually stepping out is a totally different kettle of fish. So again, I guess that comes down to knowing how to process that, but... Yeah, just stepping out into the unknown. I think that's probably very general. I think a lot of people would have those fears, but I think our own personal growth is wrapped up in that so much. So, again, I, I'm just 
constantly trying to push myself out into those areas that I know are uncomfortable. That's beautiful, man. Me too. I think so much growth um, is there, and it becomes addictive, I think, once you get a little taste yeah. of it, and it gets easier the more you do it, I find. Yeah, that's right. It's like muscle memory, right? You, yeah. It's just like training. It's just like physical training. It's mental uh-huh. training, for sure. Last question. If you could go back in time when you were diagnosed, right after, tap yourself on the shoulder, what advice would you give yourself? Um, that's a really interesting question. Um, I think maybe just have a bit more responsibility around uh, not delegate um, out so much uh, in relation to getting uh, healing. I mean, I discussed there that I went to a big health retreat and I went to this practitioner, that practitioner probably because I was in the mindset of there's got to be like the silver bullet, right? There's got to be something like a no starch diet. You know, all these things are built up as like silver bullets and they're, they're really not, you know, um, maybe just that would be some good advice I'd give myself that it's about looking, looking internally, look at yourself, look at all different aspects. Don't just try and shoot after one single bullet, uh, silver bullet. Great advice. Is there, is there anything else You'd like to say, Chris? I mean, you know, there could be a lot of people one day listening to this. I think, in closing, just have an open mind. I know, you know, we're in institutions, we're in educational institutions, we're in medical health institutions that are very well established, both in, you know, the US and Australia and also the UK, where all our information is is conjured out of these places into our into our consciousness like this is how you should do things this is how you should act this is what you should do in this situation I I think if one thing just keep an open mind and look at all options first never have a need try not to have a knee-jerk reaction so even if you were diagnosed with AS and we know sometimes you have to be on medication for a period of time to get that under control but never have that as your only option you look at the wider berth keep your mind open um, and yeah, keep your mind open to as many things that come your way as possible. That's beautiful, sound advice. I would give myself that as well. Um, yeah, exactly. Like I think Western medicine is incredible, and I'm so grateful for it because it has gotten me out of some serious pain. Exactly. <laughs> like you know, where I didn't know what the heck I was going to do. So. You know, and, and yeah, and, I'm and, grateful and for it. And I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for it because I had to have sort of life-saving surgery with my Crohn's disease. So it's, That's uh, right. What did they, what did they remove? Um, or did they remove? Yeah, yeah, they did. They removed my ascending colon. So that's a right, called a right hemocolectomy. And then um, I had a, uh, the you know, sequel valve removed and also a part of the descending colon repaired. And, yes, some small intestine taken out. So... I mean, as far as digestion is concerned, you, you never, you never, or anything, you never, um, you never uh, advise to have parts taken out because we need every single part we have. But in my case, yeah, taking that out was, was um, critical to my life. So yeah, had those bits taken out, and but I'm still functioning at a pretty high level, you know. Um, yeah. That's great to hear, man. My my brother went through a very similar procedure. He had real serious case of Crohn's, and it really did a lot for him as well. Um, 
Well, brother, it's uh, it's a real pleasure, and I really hope to meet you sometime um, down yeah. under and check out where you're from. That'd be so cool to meet another um, another person sure. with uh, so much in common. It's amazing to talk with you. For sure, and really appreciate you having me on, and I'm really looking forward to you know listening to the other episodes and everyone else's um, everyone else's outlook and uh, perspective. Hello, everybody. Thanks for listening. Please feel free to subscribe to the show, or if you'd like, write a review. Let me know what you think, and uh, if there's any topics that you'd like covered, please let me know. Favorite episodes. All right. Bye-bye. The text and audio files contained in this program are for information use only. It is not meant to treat, cure, diagnose any medical health condition you may or may not have. For medical advice and treatment, please speak to a medical health professional.